I'm still trusting God that one day as a church, you know this series of vegetables that we are doing? That one day, before the dessert come, you will all walk in this series. It's something as Temoguti you will live. Not That's why we're taking so much time. And it's a drag, but it's wonderful. Amen. Last time we said everyone is in ministry. Remember, we are all called and created by God to fulfill purpose. You remember that? Are you still following that in your life? There are two painful things in us. One is a person who's too proud to be saved, but will burn in hell with his or her pride. Because you will. That's a fact of death. Somebody was going to be killed. Uh, I should recommend this book for you. The, the, the Matthias. One day I'll, I'll just read a, a part of the book from you. I, I, I think I once told you that many of my mentors are people who are dead because they can't change how they lived <laughs> and the things they have said. But most of them were killed for the gospel. One of them, when he was taken to be bent, a friend came and said to him, don't you understand that life is sweet and death is bitter? Don't you understand? And this guy said, <laughs> I understand. And for that reason, I will not deny Jesus. Because the life that is coming soon is sweeter and is as the death that is coming is bitter. Without Jesus, your death will be bitter. You may enjoy the sweet life when, but the death that is coming is much more bitter. So friends, let your fear, your pride, and all these things that make you think you are smarter than God take you to hell. But when you are there, remember. What's the day today? The 4th of August. Remember the 4th of August. That we did tell you that life may be sweeter here, but death without Jesus is going to be bitter. I don't know who's that for, but just mentioning it. So we're talking the challenges of ministry, that every one of us who's in ministry, everyone created by God and wants to do what God has called them, will face challenges. You remember that? That as umuntu sapila laim saben, kongo unkulungula funugutu wens will be challenged. Ne? And so we we're touching on the different challenges. We said there are personal challenges, corporate challenges. We will talk about those other ones. But today I want us to finish on the personal challenges. Last week we spoke about the challenge of immaturity. 
trading fruit for the gift that other people are good at what they do but they do they are not good at who they are abantu bajabulele kwenza izinto but isimilo sabo kwasho munye athi siboli they have a rotten character why they they trade the the the, the gift for the fruit Others have misdirected zeal. They want to do something now, even if the timing is wrong. And they end up in problems. But why me, God? Why? Because you moved before the robot was green. That's why. That's why you had a crash. Self-overburdening. They want to carry more than they should. Nkulunkulu does not expect you to solve everybody's problem. It's them who want you to solve their problems. But you have no mandate under God to solve everybody's problems. That's why Jesus left others to die with their problems. When he showed them solutions and they never followed, he never ran after them. We spoke about money, fame, and intimacy. If you will die. And that the anointing will attract these things. But be careful how you deal with them. They will come, but be careful how you deal with them and so today we're picking up on purity we touched on it that the enemy will send an onslaught of impure thoughts and temptations that will tend to weaken your resolve to live a holy life just as much as it is by grace that we can live a holy life it is also our responsibility to close the door as soon as we see these thoughts coming a long way afar and avoid our putting ourselves in compromised situations Wangumuntu has fantasies. Remember we said what nature and the law and, and marriage and purity does not allow the mind decides to create. You know your mind can create the idea for you to wonder. I wonder what would it be like if I had three wives. Eh? <laughs> it would be nice you know those it is what a fantasy it's a thought that you won't necessarily act out i hope so i'm also referring to the other fantasies that we all have and we never talk about maybe it's good that you don't talk about them but even better don't act on them and so these things when they come and they challenge you you sometimes have thoughts that you think i wonder if this is my thought have you ever heard and you think you know that thing that that thought if they were to show you their thought you say i know that's not me it's this guy <laughs> friends those things are part of the world don't think you are worse off but consider these are the challenges that you and i keep have to keep overcoming because i think this way you i have fallen you have not fallen we are in a battle are you still okay with that so purity will be a challenge and I'm not talking about somebody who decides to live an impure life. I'm talking about someone who wants to live right, but evil is next to you every time you try to do good. Are you still okay? There's also a personal challenge of imbalance. 
Finding time to do all you need on earth is practically impossible. It is similar to the economic problem of scarcity, you know. More needs, less resources. You know it. In this case of our lives, there is just too much to do and less time to do all we need to do. You know that, right? You wish there were 38 hours in your day. There are still 24. You know tomorrow there will still be 24. There are eternal things. So friends, if I have less time and many things to do, I have to remember I need to find a way to categorize what I'm doing. Young into emelengiens, uma says ningalen zelegut angsako nangsas utinkalengai or ngenzele. I need to decide which ones are important and how do I decide? Melukumulo. There are things that are eternal and temporal things. There are beneficial things and permissible things. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. There are things that do not have any value, but we do them in any case, don't we? They tell your time. Urgent things and important things. We need to do them now. But there are other people who want to do important things that are not urgent. They want to do them now. No, you will miss on the urgent. It is still important, but it can still be done tomorrow. There are major and minor things. And often you are the best person to know which ones should come first. I don't know what is important in your life, right? So I can't tell you, do this one first. Unless if you tell me, this is how my life is. The fact is, you will benefit from that which you expend your time and resources on. The Bible calls it the law of sowing and reaping. In Galatians 6, it says, Be thou not deceived. A man reaps what he? You understand that type of thing? And so the engineers call it the mechanical output. That's what we used to call it. The economists speak of opportunity cost. Those of, yeah, those who did economics. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we are doing revision. <laughs> Investors call it dividends. Entrepreneurs call it profit. The IT guys call it garbage in, garbage out. And so on. It is just a fact that we cannot do everything at the same time. Therefore, given options, we should choose the one with better returns in the long run. So, friends, that is a challenge. We make wrong choices because sometimes we think everything must be done now. We are not omnipresent and omnipotent. Abeko also mandlat here. Unless if we're now you think you are God. The other personal challenge that we have to deal with is success. How many people don't want to be successful? Eh? Bazalan, how about you are successful? I must recommend a different church for you. How many want to be successful?
when we seem successful in our own eyes and those of others we chuck aside what true and godly success is there are other measures of success that are not true biblical success being successful according to god is doing exactly what he told you to do and we are you are not successful you understand that type of thing if god says stand what must you do stand that's godly success because then you can reap the benefits of what god has promised by telling you to stand saul was successful in killing all the amalekites with the exclusion of agag or their king or so it seemed but friends before God, he was an utter failure and a liability to God and his kingdom that he had to be rejected as king and replaced with a man who would do exactly what God commanded. If you read Acts chapter 13, verse 22, this is how it puts it. It says, David, because God com commanded him as a man after his own heart. This is what God meant. He says, because he will fulfill everything I tell him to do. See, all these other things that you and I like saying is not what the Bible is saying. These things, because David was quick to repent, there's no verse that says that. The verse that is there says, David was a man after God's own heart because he would do exactly what God told him to do. That's what it meant. The other one, yeah. You can keep it if you want to keep it. Many of us would continue on our ride of pseudo-success or false success as it may be. Even when God does not endorse what we are doing as, and is not even part of it. You know how, how do we measure that a church is successful? How many cars? How many people? You know you can have 75% of sinners in church. Christian sinners. You just don't know. You look at the cars, you look at the money you make as a church, you look at all these things. You meet as pastors. Ah, man of God. How are you? How are you? M O M M O G. How are you, mighty man of God? How big is your church? And you call that success. When the church is full of Christian sinners. Friends, don't even assume that we are successful here. Eh? Don't. You don't know the person sitting next to you. Relational challenges is challenge number two. I have a challenge of that thing there. That's challenge number three for me. <laughs> Under relational challenges, we look at the few different kinds of people you will meet. You will meet all strange people. They're bold, they're beautiful. They're what? They're young and they're restless. They're good, they're bad. Yeah, that part you added it. In ministry, 
Everywhere you are, at school, at work, wherever God puts you as a minister, lao uzo bakon, isseben siangulungul uzo slangan and tobo All kinds of people. You understand? And here are some of the people that you might meet. It's not all the people because if I have to speak about all the people, I have to look at every one of you. But if you read in Revelation chapter 2 verse 20, it talks of Jezebel, the kind of people who are very dangerous, who entice others towards immorality. Who just come to check the girls and the boys. But let's do all of and corn about detrophies in three John. John talks about a guy who was a hindrance to the life of the church. But here are some of them. I have given them names. You can give them yours. Your name, as long as you understand which ones I'm talking about. Number one, we have bumpers. These are people with whom you are always going to collide. It seems they are specifically anointed to annoy you. <laughs> Most of the time, these are the ones who help you to cultivate the fruit of the spirit they are always opposing you you know those person if you just raise a point no i have a counter how about you have a problem until you away i'm sure you have those at work uh -huh, those are called them bumpers i don't know what you call them although you may at times need to rebuke or confront them you need not despise or hate them Sometimes God is using those people to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Is tell us more. Because now when you are impatient, this person often on a mosquito. When you are having peace, and then you get home and you say, you know today at work, so and so was there, I lost it. Don't lose it. Cultivate it. You have one like that, don't you? They are admirers. These love to see you in action and would unwittingly leave you to work yourself to death out of their admiration of for you. They don't mind to have you do everything. If you were to collapse with fatigue, they would most probably say, why was he or she overworking himself? Yeah, <laughs> Hey, if, if it's somebody else, you know, hey, that person dampens my soul. Yeah, you until collapse. When you are in a hospital, hi, Murutilan, ha katal. Yes, na But you are the one who is saying, hey, fundis, hey, young busis. Be careful, people will always put you on a pedestal. And Bonadia's job is to watch you in action. Admirers, I have many here. <laughs> you have detractors or distractors. These are people who always want to pull you away from what God wants you to do. They will threaten you, entice you, discourage you, ridicule you, even oppose you, and so on. All with the sole purpose of drawing you away from the call of God upon your life. Those people who always say, Ah, you are a church person. Oh, so can I get wreck? I know. Oh, so I'm a man. Oh, so it's a man. 
You know your friends who always say, "Eh, hey, manna, also let religion." And they come to you with Marxism. Ah, you don't understand. Religion is the opium or the opiate of the people. They just give you a high so that you feel good about yourself. You will die in hell. <laughs> One day. You know even Marx regretted his life. You don't know that. Yeah, when they teach us these things, they don't tell us the outcome of those people's lives. But friends, we have these people. Ain't that it? Jesus was a, was a white man in Tati. They came to steal our cows here. Yeah? You know those? They were lying to our forefathers. We'll see when you stand before God that argument will stand or not. You have the Jezebels or the spiritualists. Those who use spiritual forces and tactics to manipulate you or affect the outcome of your life and ministry. That includes satanists or demoniacs and people who use the church to further their own agendas against other people in the life of the church. Do you know, Bazalan, you know I have to keep repeating these things, that in every church there are sheep. Who's next? Goats and everywhere. That's why keep a demon. When I think those demons were saved when they came into the life of the church. Eh? They were not. They were demons. And that's why, as a church, we need to be spiritually away. I'm, I'm trusting God for a day where we shall reach that level. Keep praying as well. Where the ashes, when a person is demon-possessed and comes in there, they can stop and cast the demon. Uh, these days, eh, we're still very far. Ashes... They, 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 they shake hands with demons. Welcome. <laughs> Be free today to do whatever you feel to do. <laughs> and you think they are not here today? <laughs> Friends, until we operate... In the gift of discernment, never assume the absence of demons. Never. Because you have something against someone who is leading a certain department. You know, I have a suggestion. I was thinking we should dismantle that a department and then redo it this yeah, i go and dis discuss your problem with that person don't bring the suggestion to us to fight your battles you are jezebeling us <laughs> you start bringing fear and intimidation and manipulation go and deal with your issues don't use the structures as they put it in government yeah i'm sure those who understand politics know what i'm talking about Legacy relations. Kumula, we are still talking about the kind of people you will meet again, and the challenges you will have with them. These are people whom you work closely with or generally whom you want to groom or mentor in line with what God has put in their lives. Their relationship with you can be a source of pain or joy. Most of the time is both. After all you've done for them, you know these people that 
You know this child that you see and you think, this child is good, I just want to help them through school. You know those ones? Intandan. And ufilukutu ufunukumnet. It's not just that. Eh? It's your neighbor. It's all these people that you feel you want to help them. Be something in life. Oh, sometimes those relationships don't work out well all the time. Eh? After all you may have done for them, they will go away like the nine lepers. Ungrateful. With skating accusations. Don't see him like that. Don't see her like that. She did this and this and this and this. I asked her for 50 rand. She said she, did, she does not have money. Oh, so because I didn't give you 50 rands, all of a sudden I'm the worst person. How about all these things I've done for you? With accusations, rebellion, and every other malicious intent. Whilst on the other hand, yes, we will have the likes of Timot who will embrace all the godly things you have taught them and go and impact other people and generations. So friends, below or here are some of the examples of the relationships you may have. I don't think I'll go to the family ones unless you allow me to. Otherwise, I'll just stop. In the morning, we went as far as the family ones. Seventh, everywhere, every church, every place has people who have an attitude of seventh. They do only what they are told to do because they do not have a sense of responsibility and ownership. Most churches are full of servants. I just do what I am. If I'm not told to pick a paper, I don't pick, I don't. If they tell me pick a paper, if there are 10 papers, I pick a paper. <laughs> and if they say, oh, why? Why didn't you pick the rest of the paper? Emfundis, don't you understand English? You said, pick a paper. And that's what I did. What more do you want? Every church has people like that. Come in. Go out. Come in. Eh, Bazalani, see attenders. Hangs on board. Superiors, these think they are better than you and can do what you are doing even better. Inherently, they believe that God and the leaders have made a mistake by appointing you. It should have been them. They might even be right about their competence. You know when somebody says, I can do that better, and they can. Except that God has not chosen them. And they also don't look at their own deficiencies. As far as the work is concerned. You know, people who think they can do better, they are only looking at the one aspect. When you see a CEO leading a meeting, you think that's being a CEO. Ah, I can lead a meeting better than that guy. Oh, really now? So you think that's all the job entails. Go and be a CEO for a week, you'll see. That is not just about meetings. Aye. If they can ask me to preach in that church, I can preach fire and brimstone. Yes, you can. Right? Yeah, but when the couples are fighting, would you help them? When they phone you at 3 o'clock, they want to come to your house, would you allow them? Yeah? 
when they don't have money and they can't tell the rest of the church and they come to us and say fundis we need money for school fees and for food would you take your money and give them yeah but you were saying i can do it better it's not just preaching yes you can preach better but there's more you understand and so there will be people who think you know sometimes it happens in families where one partner thinks they can do better than the other you don't know that it has never happened in your marriage sometimes husbands think they can do better than wives and wives think they can be better heads than husband and you hear the arguments and this is how the argument ends if you think you can do it better do it then no now we, they happen to us we've even had to have a meeting to talk about it look if when you feel you can do this do it so that from today it's official who does it alona you've not had those things i love god for you <laughs> you have same as those that believe that there is essentially no difference between you and them just they think the only reason you are there is because they only needed one person so they between us they chose you but sharp sharp you are not better than me you know that type of and so these ones don't look, think there's anything special about you you have successor successor sees themselves as the rightful ones to take over after you you know the succession debate and the successor considers himself or herself above the rest of the team he doesn't play team when you are absent he's the vice never elected by anyone you don't know those people yeah uh, hey guys since the boss is not here i was thinking agati let us brainstorm together what must be done yeah and so when uzenza this when uzenza this who has appointed him sap self appointed prophet pastor whatever president and then you have sons sons learn everything about what needs to be done and are supportive they give of their resources for the advancement of the cause for they know that the success of the venture is their success because they are heirs we all wish we can have sons and doesn't always happen that way